everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of uh, Things We Find Interesting. I think we've got a, an interesting topic for you today, as you'd expect on this podcast. Um, we're looking at something which I think um, we've all seen in the workplace, um, often done well, probably more often done badly. And I think sometimes that's down to a, perhaps a lack of a, a nuanced understanding of that. And what we're looking at today is the subject of delegation, the subject of giving your job to other people. Lots of quotes out there, and um, we'll look at later. And, you know, some of the wisdom in these quotes is, is clearly because people get it wrong. Uh, joined on the podcast today, we've got Liam um, joining us for, for a second time, and, and we've got Pez for the first time as well. Hey. Hi. So, delegation, what are we talking about? So, the, let's go on our, our classic Wikipedia definition and see what, see what Wikipedia has to say for what is delegation in the first place. And they say, delegation is the assignment of authority to another person, normally from a manager to a subordinate, to carry out specific activities. So it sounds like it's basically just managers fobbing off their jobs to people more junior than them in their teams. It can be seen as that. Uh, so I think two key elements there where, where you can look at is the distributing and the entrusting part of like the definition. So distributing, obviously dividing the workload into like smaller achievable chunks. Mm. Um, and again, that takes leadership to do that. Uh, and the entrusting bit, again, it was, I think is quite a key element of looking at it. So showing a firm belief in others, they can convict and execute tasks, what you're going to be carrying out, um, and, and trusting they're going to do that up to your standard as well. And this obviously comes into the, the leadership um, element of it. But yeah, I think they're two key bits within that definition to try and elaborate on. Yeah, because it's kind of risky, isn't it? Like you're basically saying, here's the things that I'm going to be judged off, you know, my performance and my job. And I'm I'm going to take these out of my hands. Like it's a it's it's a risky move to like almost delegate. I don't know. And then and then maybe there's some you need some courage to do it. I don't know. Uh, definitely. And I think what's what's key in that definition that we extracted from Wikipedia is, you know, the the first sentence is delegation is the assignment of authority. So you're you're giving that authority. And and do we see that enough? Do we see that authority of you can act at the same level that I am, and get the same effect? Can, I, can you get the same results? Because sometimes it is personality-driven, it is rank or grade-driven, it is position-driven. And if you're, there's a lot of trust or hope that the person you're delegating that task to has the ability to step up as well. Yeah, yeah, because if you're going to give them like a task that is no- normally yours and then it's like, well, they just don't have the... As we say, yeah, how do we how do you define authority? It might be age, it might be seniority, it might be like per- permission in some sort of way that other people have been told this guy's in charge of this job that I used to do. They're, they're just going to fail at it, aren't they? Because they're, they're trying to do it with kind of less resources than, than you are. So there's definitely something in there about like setting someone up for success if you want to de- delegate to them. It's not just about here's a job, see you later. You've got yeah. to like set the conditions in some way. Exactly, you've got to set the conditions. Um, and they've got to have the ability to do that as well. You can't just delegate it to anyone. It's got to be the right person. This delegation could be from anything from funding to project delivery to project management. You know, this covers a broad spectrum of tasks in the in the business unit. We, I'm sure we could go on forever about who has got the authority to do what and who's got delegated powers. But in my experience, I've seen people be given and delegated tasks but then they've still had to refer back to get the authority. Yeah, and is, is that is that a delegation where you've got a, 
you've been given a job, but you've got to keep checking with your boss. Oh, is this all right? Is this all right? Is this all right? Or is that just is that something else? Is that just giving people tasks? I think maybe if you don't give them that that freedom to like make make decisions, I guess it's 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 perhaps like creating, losing its effect. It's creating that safe space as well, isn't it? And then that empowerment, creating that safe space. If you do mess up or you need to refer, that that's fine. But go and execute that task. I've given you my intent. Let's go and carry out that task. And if you do need to refer back, the safe space is there. And if you do mess up, let's learn from that. And then the next project we do, then we know how to make amends to that. And I think delegation works when the person who delegates also works. It's not a case of, like we said before, not offloading just your tasks. It's about spreading the love. So all tasks come together as one to achieve that common goal and objective. Yeah, because I, I definitely remember that. I don't know what you guys feel in your career, but I definitely remember as a sort of like, um, you know, first time manager, leader sort of type position, feeling a lot of guilt about giving t- tasks to someone that were, were perhaps originally mine, i.e. delegating. I feel like, oh no, that's not very, that's not very leadershipy to not, not be doing that. And I heard a great maxim from my mate the other day and he described it as, he said, um, you know, you, you, can, you can delegate, you, you can still delegate, no, something like you can delegate things but still be the hardest working person in the room. And sort of alluding to the point, there's you know there's an endless supply of, of jobs you can be doing. It's not about you, you've delegated the task and you sit back and observe. Yeah, just, it's freeing you up to do something else. Prioritizing other tasks, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's freeing up that time to allow you to do higher priority tasks and not fobbing off the tasks, but still achieving that main task by yeah, delegating yeah. it off. Yeah, and it, I, I don't know what you guys think. And maybe this has progressed through your career. You know. Um, Early on in your career, maybe 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 delegation is a little different because you perhaps have a similar skill set to the teams around you. But as you get more senior, you develop a more specialist skill set. There's certain jobs that only you can do, and so if you're if you're going to burn your if you're going to burn your time doing tasks that somebody else could do, you're not going to be able to do the things that only you can do, and actually maybe sort of slow down the whole system as a as a whole as it gets a bit bottlenecked. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on how how it's maybe shifted in your careers. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment completely. I think it's it's that self-awareness to understand and triage the tasks that are needed, prioritise what you can do, and then delegate down. And I think that sums up why we delegate. Because if we're not doing that, then why are we delegating? Yeah, yeah, what's the point? Why, why, why are we bothering? De- it's not like a, a comfort thing. It's I mean, it's interesting. You, you, I know you, you pairs have looked into the like the like leadership side and like there's a developmental side of like yeah. bringing people on. But from a pra- and we'll talk about that. But like from a practical perspective, it's you know it's got to be hinting at basically generally in an organisation, the more senior someone is, the more busy they are, and someone who's more less less ju- sorry more junior is probably less busy. And that it's about like maybe averaging out. How do we get the the junior people doing perhaps a little more? And free up the senior people so they're not absolutely, you know, bogged down with a huge amount of work. I don't know. Is that is that quite bleak or? I think. Um, go on. I'd, I'd say I disagree in some aspects. Where, if we talk about large scale headquarters, the higher people are doing less work because they're doing more analysis on the information that we, as the lower end of the scale, are, we're doing the legwork for the higher people. It's delegated down to us to then create the, the courses of action the business plans uh, and the solutions to w- whatever the problem is to then allow the ceo as such or the coo to formulate the plan analyze 
take in, digest, and then give direction. So I think in some aspects, the delegation can work in that sense. Mm. But definitely in some of the organizations I've worked in before is, the, you know, the lads at the bottom of the, the ladder are doing not a lot, whinging that they're doing not a lot. But then the people further up the food chain are doing a lot more than probably what they should. And I think that it's that balance of understanding that self-assessment that we, I think we're probably going to reach back around to a few times in this conversation that people need to start delegating better. Mm, yeah. I think, I think it shows strong leadership. Like, I think from the army's perspective, like we're always told to lead from the front and push them forward and we should be doing things we wouldn't do. We wouldn't ask our people to do things we wouldn't do. But I think strong leadership shows a step that condor moment in a project where you're looking to think I'm not going to be able to achieve this Pairs explain a condor moment condor moment like a pause in pause in time to analyse what's going on and how we can move forward best to achieve an objective goal end of project and um, there's probably a better definition than that somewhere originally from like uh, a smoking advert wasn't it someone basically takes a condor moment which is I believe is an old cigarette ah, okay. and you would you'd sit back and have a drag and like kind of reflect and it, I think that's where it's come from is like a, a am I right with that I think that's the, the original definition sorry a little side aside there but um, weird little bit of history that's bled into the army <laughs> uh, but yeah I think it just that strong leadership of knowing we're being self-aware of where your strengths and weaknesses lie and being able to capitalize on your people's strength and weaknesses to achieve that. So delegating jobs, maybe not necessarily where you're the strongest at or weakest at, but trying to maximize your people's capability to try and achieve them objectives. Yeah, and maybe that's how, how you get even better with delegation is like you're delegating the right sort of work to the sort of people who, um, and I know we talked the other day quite interesting about this and it's like not necessarily strength and weaknesses. And we're talking about the classic example of someone's really good at something and it's maybe not their job and it gets delegated to them and then it happens again and again and again they start to feel a bit abused and abused and get get almost resentful whereas you and that would see do, that behavior of a leader giving that person that jobs would, would chime with a lot of like things you're told to do as a leader like exploit people's strengths but yet people are getting bitter and then i was, I was listening to i think simon sinek the other day and he was talking about if you give someone not necessarily the job that they're good at but the type of work they enjoy then they'll never be resentful, and that ne- they don't necessarily marry up what you're good at and what you in- what you enjoy. Um, you know, I, I know if I get given some creative work, I'm quite happy to take on extra creative work. But if you gave me maybe I don't know some more sort of procedural stuff, I could probably do it, but I would get resentful mainly because I'm bitter and twisted. But <laughs> I don't know. So there's definitely like some some nuance at play there of like who you delegate to. Yeah, definitely, and I think there's some big themes that we're probably just like overarching this conversation is is like understanding your people understanding yourself understanding the task to then delegate to the right people or you delegate other tasks to free up yourself for the higher priority mission or task um i think it's really interesting uh the the condor moment was branded from the 1980s and the condor moment was the uh uk's most popular pipe tobacco back then and it's been drummed in all the way through Sandhurst and leadership protocols and development programs to just, you know, expand on that moment to take a uh, a drag on your pipe, think it through, and then deliver with effective communication 
and empowerment the mission or the task or whatever's deemed it and it's trying to tell us to like essentially not be rash isn't it like you've got your kind of emotional let's you know oh i want you know there's a lot of pressure on right now i need to make a decision and sort of say hey chill you know take it take a second and and maybe think about it i think is what it's trying to yeah definitely and i I think we're going into too many cliches i think it harks across to the advice my dad gave me and he said something along the lines of don't make a decision in love or when you feel you're in love and don't make a decision when you're angry you've got to take that moment and he never said the words condor moment but you've got to be rational in your thinking because if you're just shooting from the hip you're going to spread that jam too thin and and that's going to cause an impact across the workforce and if you are spread too thin and you try and delegate you're probably going to delegate one deep or not at all like because that's an interesting thing like why don't people delegate because i think we're all acknowledging that it doesn't happen enough mm-hmm. in most cases and that sometimes or at least could be done better well, what is it that's blocking people why are they not why are they why are they not doing it i think we're in a in a moment in time especially in the environment that we work in that there's not that many pay rises to get a pay rise is to get promotion to get promotion is to do the hard work and to say this is what I've done this is and it's not about the we or the team or um, the performance of that it is look at me this is what I've done now you'd like to think a good leader would be measured against the performance of it his or her team sure yeah. yeah but that's maybe a hard metric I don't know I think you well, I spoke to Gem about this the other night and we were talking about SJARs and how we get reported on within the forces and she gets monthly feedback and then for her managers they the higher management send out surveys to say how do you think your managers helped you out this year and it's only a short like quantitative survey just a one to five kind of scale and that gives them the some sort of metric to go on to say how they're performing obviously that 360 degree feedback what we we speak about but never really action i think at the lower ranks with the army um normally higher like to have that feedback but uh, again we were talking about this i don't know a couple of months ago feedback can only be given if you want to receive it um yeah i, I mean yeah there's definitely i, I think the, the, it's it's multi it's definitely multifactorial as with most things but like I was trying to think back reflectively about where, when have I delegated poorly? And I was thinking to my last job, and we, you know, we had a guy in our team who, um, you know, the current team at the moment, it's very, it's sort of quite easy to to delegate or between each other, we'll, we'll pass things over because we know that there's a, that we've all got a, a relatively similar level of um, competence, maybe the wrong word, but uh, skill sets and things, and, and and it's quite easy. I know I can give that to that person, and they'll probably be able to do it pretty much as well as I can. But it's when we had a, a, in my last team, we had a guy who was definitely his skill set was was much lower, and that we when we were under pressure, we wouldn't delegate to him because we would real. And I think that was because we would realise this isn't just a quick Johnny, you take this on. It was a oh, I'm going to have to teach Johnny how to do this maybe several times, you know, and maybe review it, and he might still do it really poorly. And although, like in the long term, that will be beneficial to me, and, and and he'll be able to do stuff, kind of you know, repeat iterations of it, and it'll probably be more efficient. I don't think it's like I can't be asked, but you feel like I haven't got the time right now to like coach someone how to do it, and I think that's a really short termist trap that I've certainly fallen into, um, of not investing that time it, it takes to like bring someone on enough that I can delegate to them. I don't know. Is that is that a fair? I a think fair that's thought? not a bad way of doing it though. Like if you're in a a critical point within a project or whatever 
you haven't got sometimes you haven't got the time to do it and you need to make them results i think that's a yeah, good call on yeah. leadership then because sometimes there needs to be a direct action right you need to do this we haven't got time to coach and mentor you and that's where you've id'd uh, the, the strengths and weaknesses within your team yeah, so you lean on your stronger members of the team to support at that time when you've got like a again a condor moment or a stable project where you're going that's where you start coaching mentor and these weaker members to allow for future projects when you do come under pressure you can lean on them a little bit more you've nailed it yeah because we, we're all talking about delegation like it's this amazing thing um but I think that's it yeah it's amazing in certain scenarios it's amazing when you've got the time and you can long-term invest in someone but actually no we need this bloody now and it has to be right well that's not the time to delegate you know that's not the time to take a risk and maybe that's where the nuance comes of, of knowing when do I delegate and when do I hold on to it yeah definitely and I think you know you've just like stole my chip slightly to that risk oh, management <laughs> um, but it's also trust because you need to know that peop- the people you're working for and understand if they've got the ability to do it and trust them to do it and I think that's where the empowerment and that capturing of the data and the after action review comes in because you could probably delegate more in a low risk environment but if the opportunities or the risks are too high that you might miss out on other things or other tasks or reputation the trust might lower or your trust in your people might lower to ensure the reputation or the monetary value or whatever the the metric is is is, um, is, uh, maintained at the the standard it was already at And and I think that's why people don't do it as well so there's a lot of me, me, me involved in this conversation or, or, or in, in the world according to Liam. But I think in the turnover of staff that we have, especially in our environment and in the office that we work in, trust is earned. You can't, you can't automatically trust someone to perform. There's got to be a level of assessment to understand that person. Yeah, because that's it. We get we we say trust again. It's a, one of those uh, those leadership terms that's big. Like, oh, you must trust your people. Yeah, but as you say, like trust isn't something you just turn up and like, bing, we've got trust. No, no, no it's earned through like de- demonstrations of competence and sort of you know, tr- well, there's probably better definitions than that. But like, yeah, so maybe delegation is actually you can't use it early on in a job because you've not built that trust with people, and it's something that you have to grow as you get further on another example of like you know you can't come straight in and delegate things perhaps on the flip side of that trust is there to be lost like uh, if you're if you're put into a a position yeah yeah if you're put into that position well use my role as ops if you're put in that position you have been deemed to be at that level of standard so rather than saying you're not up to that you need to earn my trust you are up to that standard that trust is there to be lost I agree I agree but in the commercial sector there's interviews, there's assessments, there's processes in place. And, and you know, there's a, a measurement of education that you have to deem competency or, or hit the required standard. And I think in a commercial sense, you've jumped through the hoops. You're in the office, the CEO or whoever, the chief staff, whoever gives you that task, you are empowered to do it. But in our sense, what assessment criteria did I go through to be in the role that I'm in now? Supposed to that promotion talk- role, isn't it? Yeah, you're talking you're talking yourself down. I think it's it's a different this process, but there's still a competence measuring of some of some degree, isn't there? But disregarding me, whether that is Sergeant Bloggs, Johnny H five, whoever that person is, if we're talking about we couldn't trust that person to do it, then 
why is he in that job in the first place? What, what and we don't have the capacity to get rid of them. I think that's a massive one for our organisation. Like, if you've not got the ability, if there's no kind of like you fail and thus le- lose that trust, uh, well, well, you're still going to be in the job, which is probably different, perhaps to yeah. maybe some more commercial sectors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a theory. Let me know what you think. Do, right, no, no. Let's hear your thoughts. Do, do people delegate better or more poorly? As they get more senior in the organisation, more poorly. Paz, what do you think? I would like to say better. Okay, but I think poorly because of the risk factor of it. Oh, I think he's nailed it there. It's got to be, isn't it? Because risk is like perceived, and like if you're working at a more senior level, yeah, everything's more like, oh god, this is really high risk. And as we've just said, oh, when stuff's high risk, I need to take it on myself because it cannot fail. And so you get into that trap of like everything, everything is high risk and then you never delegate. And that feels like a kind of like a trap. Whereas actually like the level of risk is just is relative to the level you're working at, isn't it? You know, yes, your risk is every everything you deal with as the CEO is high risk to someone who is a junior manager. But for you and your kind of risk profile, you know, you've still got a, a spectrum. I don't know. I, I think I think you nailed it there. There's like a human factor there of like perce- perception of risk as you get more senior. Yeah, definitely perception of risk. And I think also, I think it depends on the environment that you've been working in. So on my last job, it was a singleton post. No one to support me. And I would have loved to have delegated. During COVID, a lot of work had to be done to maintain competency across the, the, the business unit. And it, at some point, it was too much. Uh, it's sounding about Liam Tobin's uh, story of work or whatever it might be I think there's there's an element of like hero complex of I've got to do this I've got to get through this I've got to get through this barrier and it's it's probably something that's well definitely self-induced what's your thoughts on that? as in there's almost like a by taking on all these stresses yourself it's a a hero a leadership it's like a kind of like a it's a it's a you know, big man, big woman thing. And then a badge of honour. Mm. Hey, look at me, I've just done all this. Where's my praise? Yeah. Where's my good report? And, and is that endemic in, in our work environment? Yeah. It, that That's the shame, I think, within our industry. Like, you need to be showed to be going above and beyond just to try and get noticed. And that's not just your... You need to be good at your job, plus extra additional stuff to try and even get noticed because everyone effectively should be good at their role and responsibilities going above and beyond is the only way to kind of try and get noticed I think but is that not what delegation would free up like if you're delegating well you're maybe taking some of your routine stuff that can be done by your that's subordinates not the right term but people who work you know in your team to free you up maybe to, to push the organisation further forward uh, and maybe that's a, maybe if you delegate well you, you have got the freedom to do that kind of stuff I, I, I don't really know yeah it's a valid point I suppose yeah what do you think about the leadership side of this because we, we, we did talk about it earlier and how delegation plays into leadership versus management, you know, I don't think, I think, I think they are often categorised as two very distinct things. I, I don't think they are. I think there's a lot of crossover and delegation kind of plays into that. What do we think? Is it a leadership thing, management thing, delegation? I think it's a management thing because I think it's a management of responsibilities that you're passing on. And I think there's only a few leaders in an organisation. So you, I'm probably going to talk myself out of this, but I'm sticking with management at the time being. 
I'm going to have to go the opposite. I think it's a leadership at the minute. I think to delegate, you need to lead. You need to need to be able to so self-aware of your, like we said before, your strengths and weaknesses to try and push forward for that organisation. You just need to, I think, need to be an expert of leadership to try and achieve that. If you're not aware of your strengths and weaknesses, strengths and weaknesses, you're not going to achieve anything, I don't think. And also, like, how you give the task to someone. Like, yeah, it's it's a functional thing. We need more work to be done and therefore sort of sits in the, in the management space. But, like, we all know what it's like when you give someone a job and they really uh, effectively delegate them a job and you can just read in their face that so they just, they're like, why are you giving me this? What is this? This is awful. And maybe the way that you kind of, like, bring them into, like, thinking this is worth their time and is and is a good move is through that, like, subtle leadership understand them as a person explain to them you know the relevance of this task you know maybe maybe some sort of transactional stuff if you do this task for me this will be good for your report or blah 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 blah. it doesn't have to be i think it's creating that buy-in isn't it it's that you need to get your team on board and it's at the definition of leadership it's so many like been throughout history of what it is but i think off the top of my head what was it something about leadership is the ability to persuade team members to achieve a common goal or objective so it's that art of persuasion to say right team we need to do this and creating that why what we've spoke about before why we need to do these mm. whether it's a minute task of going to clean a vehicle that seems a really rubbish job for a team member to go and do but the bigger picture of that creating that why of understanding why we need to do that it's because of x y and z and uh, okay no worries i'll buy into that and i'll go and try and do that job to the best of my ability and everyone benefits from that yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting concept because it does sort of sit, but it is a very practical, functional tool that you need to use to give yourself the ability to do more. You know, let's think, of, you know, you've got a load of work, what can you do? We can either ignore the work or you can um, give it to somebody else or you can do it yourself, but you've only got a finite amount of time and, and probably your best way to, to free up extra capacity is to give it to somebody else. But, but then there's like, then the actual interesting the, the practical implementation has to be laden with leadership otherwise it's the person's just not going to do it either, and they're not going to feel inspired I thought it'd be nice to finish we've got a, a few minutes left whether anyone's got any thoughts I've looked at maybe some quotes or maybe some models to give our listeners about kind of delegation because I think we've definitely introduced some really interesting themes but it'd be great to be able to leave people with a few practical things that they, they can look up um, so I was wondering if anyone's got any quotes or models that they wanted to refer to about delegation I've got five values what I've noted mm-hmm. down uh, so number one being lead by providing vision and direction I think we can all relate to that you need to keep that vision what you want the intent and how you would like or what you envision the end product to be uh, trust others and empower them to deliver Build capacity in others, so that through training, uh, new experience, pushing your team members out of that comfort zone. Uh, again, a famous quote, uh, your comfort zone is a nice place, but nothing, nothing ever grows there. Um, develop beyond a leader's capability, as that's tapping into other people's strengths and weaknesses and showing you achieve as a team. And then the fifth one, replace yourself, who can, uh, replace yourself with people who can do the same job as you. Uh, freeing up your time to add value elsewhere. Yeah, a lot of these like big uh, CEOs, they always say like, "Oh, I try and hire people who are better than me." You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> it makes perfect sense, though. I think, and again, it shows that 
self-awareness of, yeah, I'm not going to be the best person in the room, but my team is the best. And it's all, I think that team-orientated view on things, I think it's a good way to move forward and maybe try and push out into our culture. And is that, um, that, that hero complex, you know, I, I'd imagine that kind of thing works where you've got this heroic leader who's the best at everything. Probably works in small, maybe simplistic teams. But the moment an organisation reaches any size and just becomes vastly complicated, well, you just can't f- be the you can't be great at everything, and so you you just need to really like lead in that slightly subtler kind of like employ the right people and and delegate to them in a, in a good way. Yeah, and I think that links back to one of the conversations we had on the previous part about where you've got a good leader, you've got a good manager behind them, whether that's the CEO and the COO, where you know that leader is driving the vision and the function. And the manager is there to create the processes, delegate in some aspects, and manage the business as usual. Uh, but there's some really good uh, points that you've raised there, Pez. Uh, so I've Googled a few quotes. Um, I mean, I, I didn't actually find this one, but there's a classic one by General Montgomery, who was a, a famous um, British general, Second World War, and was a famous um, organiser. He wasn't the kind of inspirational general pattern leading on the front of a tank kind of you know rallying up the troops he was just very good at like organizing great big complicated process and he said delegate to the point of discomfort and delegate some more which i think he's hinting to us there that you know we we do find it uncomfortable to delegate sometimes to give our responsibilities up to someone to maybe coach them and to be able to do it and um just driving people that if they want to be organized they they need to they need to absolutely push it through and then i found another one similarly from uh slightly controversial figure Donald Rumsfeld and he's talking about with regards to the US president someone who must have so many people at their door wanting them to make decisions and he says don't be a bottleneck and I think sorry he's speaking to his staff don't be a bottleneck if it's a matter if the matter is not a decision for the president you delegate it force responsibility down and out find problem areas add structure and delegate the pressure is to to do do the reverse resist it essentially as humans that we probably like to push things up to the most important person to make a call because i suppose it alleviates responsibility ourselves isn't yeah. it like i'll let the offload let the that risk doesn't it yeah it does as well but i think if, if i know we're creeping into leadership and management a lot more now i think if we're empowered with direction and guidance we can make those decisions and i think it falls down from the from the aspect of delegation is we've talked about why we're doing it we're not talking about how are we going to do it? And it's that effective communication and those boundaries, that left and right of saying, you can do this or you can't do that. Go and do it. Report back to me with risks. Instead, we're in a, we're in a world now where we have to report everything because the CEO or whoever that person is in charge of the task who's delegated down has got to make that final call. So actually, has the task been delegated? Mm-hmm. I think there's a great one in um, oh, who's the guy who wrote Team of Teams McChrystal McChrystal Stanley McChrystal US General and he wrote a great I love the human side of it and he was like oh, I, I realise he was being woken up at like 3am to make a decision on you know do um, it's a military scenario do we drop a bomb on this place or do we not as the kind of most senior guy out there and he he realised he's like oh it makes it made me feel really important and stuff that people would like take these big life or death situations and and bring them before me and I had to be woken up and I'd feel like the real proper leader. 
he's like but actually the decision was often simple you know it was, it was it was pretty damn clear cut and he's like any one of my many subordinates would have made exactly the same decision so he's like why why was i feeling the need that i had to be brought into this chain and, and he delegated it and to focus his time more on on the subtler long-term things of, of building a culture and things like that but um it's an interesting insight into the people like to feel i think that they're then they're part of the decision-making process, but but maybe maybe they don't need to be. I think key aspect with that delegation is the safe space. I think is like a key element. Like if we do fail, don't worry about it. And I think that doesn't happen often within, especially our industry. If you fail, someone might go, yeah, it's all right, but you know that's going to be reflected on your annual report, and then that impl- the implications of that either you don't select or you don't come where you'd like to in the order of March, whatever. Uh, but I think creating that space of going, it fails, happy with that, no worries, it's not that bad. Next time we do that, we can then make this better. Yeah, taking something from industry, I was in a meeting last week with Amazon, and they've got a very good process, which is called the two-door process. And the idea is, instead of waiting months and weeks and days and years for a decision to be made by someone, the business owner or the business unit owner, it would be staffed up in a one-pager with data to to corroborate and and give context a decision we've made there and then to say let's do it two-door process if it doesn't work we'll stop doing it and we'll carry on with what we are doing and there is no impact on your career you've tried something new well done for thinking of it didn't work don't worry about it yeah interesting especially for an organization that's that's probably driving for some you know it's a high risk environment you know they talk about their culture being quite almost cutthroat and things like that and you'd expect them to be like risk evasive you know evasive in that in that sort of scenario but um yeah they've obviously recognized the benefits of it okay so we'll we'll, uh, we'll bring the episode to a close there this week and i'm going to leave you with one little thing guys to go and have a look at um and it's called the eisenhower decision matrix the u.s president um he came up with a great little uh, quadrant stick it into google eisenhower decision matrix um of which delegation is a really important part where he basically split his work huge amount of work as a president into two two factors urgent or not urgent and then important and not important and then he splits them into like what you do about it so something that's urgent and important do it now um something that's not important and not urgent he says delete just just get rid of it um and then interesting things that he thinks are urgent but not important i someone can do it for me but it is still need to be done he he seeks to delegate really interesting kind of model stick it into google have a look um i think we had quite a fun episode this week thanks to the guys for joining us yeah absolutely thank you very much for having us and uh hopefully we'll, we'll join on some some more podcasts soon thanks everyone cheers bye